0: Welcome back to KW1S, I'm Vera and I'm here to tell you to stay away from asshats. This is episode 6 of KW1S, Predators in the Human Jungle. As human beings, we are all part of the animal kingdom. And all animals, whether large or small, know that there are predators in the jungle. Well, the human jungle is certainly no different, and we definitely have animal predators. However, Human predators are far more dangerous than their animal counterparts for one reason. A tiger will never try to convince you that it isn't dangerous. So for this episode, I'm gonna cover the following. What do I mean when I say predator? Uh, Why does this kind of behavior pose such an ethical dilemma? And how do we ethically navigate relationships with people who have this kind of default? So we'll start with what is a predator? There's different ways of looking at this concept. Uh, Psychologists call them the dark triad, narcissists, psychopaths, and sociopaths. In her book, The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron calls them crazy makers or poisonous playmates. My friends use the term snake people. A lot of people call them assholes. I call them predators. Predators are people whose default method of operation is to exploit other people. Whether it be for time, money, labor, attention, sex, status, or just for sick pleasure. These are the kinds of people who enjoy making people feel small. These are the instigators, the know-it-alls, the gatekeepers, the hard asses, the martyrs, the eternal victims, and the bullies. You can usually find these people uh, pawning their responsibilities off on other people, asking for favors, or abusing positions of power. Predators are people whose default method of operation is to benefit at the expense of someone else. Like everything I talk about on KW1S, this concept exists on a spectrum. I mean, we all have our dick moments, but these people have really made an art out of shirking social responsibility. At best, predators are just selfish and annoying. That friend who can yak all day about their problems, but suddenly has to go when you have something to say. The group member who does the least amount of work, but wants the same grade, of course. The coworker who can blast everyone, but can't tolerate any feedback on their bullshit. That partner who's only apologetic and cooperative when they know that you're right at your limit. The greys in my room who don't want to tip for my show, but they sure as hell want to tell me what to do, don't they, Mm mm-hmm, yeah. (laughs) At worst, predators are just downright dangerous. They're users of people, they're manipulative, they're controlling, they have no empathy for anyone besides themselves. They're physically, emotionally, and psychologically neglectful and abusive give you an example uh i had a tipper in one of my cam shows and he dropped a ton of money on me smashed all my goals i didn't even know what to do uh bought my snapchat and the whole time of course telling everybody in the room what losers they are right that they couldn't do what he was doing right he was the one no he was the one uh so we're snapping after the show and this was something i'll never forget Uh, So he's casually walking me around his expensive house, you know, showing me all of his expensive stuff, you know, watches, belts, and all this shit, and he opens a safe, and he shows me some money, some jewelry, and some guns, and he says all this shit, you know, he's like, he's like, this isn't enough. He's like, it's not enough for me to just win. He's like, somebody else has to lose. Somebody else has to lose. I looked at that shit, I said, that shit right there is where dead hookers come from. That's a fucking predator. I don't give a fuck how much money you have, you can fucking miss me with that shit. Being comfortable with or enjoying crushing other people, whether it's, to, whether it's just to get ahead or whether it's actually for pleasure, is called exploitation. And this kind of behavior is the antithesis of ethics. I mentioned it in episode four, but it bears repeating. Exploiting other people is unethical. So what do predators look like? I'll give you um, my, first, my first encounter with a predator um, is when I was a kid, is one of my family members. His name is Keith. So growing up, uh, I always had a weird feeling about, about Keith. I just always had this like feeling that he was dangerous. On the surface, he was tall, dark, handsome, very charming, great talker, smart, talented, immensely confident, (laughs) immensely confident. Always wanted Monopoly. But there there were just certain things about him that always made me keep my distance. Like, even as a kid, I just knew that he wasn't to be trusted. And, you know, I had other family members that were affiliated with gangs, sold drugs, you know, were in and out of jail but they they didn't irk me the way Keith did. And it wasn't just the things that he did, but it was like the way he did them. Um, it was the way he interacted with people. He would, he would joke, but he wouldn't just joke. He liked to confuse, intimidate, and like instigate people. He really liked to push their buttons. And then the innocent way he would say, what, I'm just joking. Like you can't take a joke, damn, you know? But you could tell, I could just, even as a kid, I could see it in his eyes, like he wasn't kidding. Like he got off on manipulating people and pushing their buttons. And he was a big guy too, and he liked to fight. (laughs) So even as a kid, I could just tell that this was the kind of person that enjoyed creating chaos. Um, Specifically, I remember this one time we were at my grandma's house and he came up to me and he says, hey, you want 20 bucks? And at eight years old, I thought 20 bucks is a lot of money, you know, like, but I also thought, well, we're not real close. Like, like, what, why would he want to give me this money? What does he want from me? And so I almost took it. And then I said, why? Like, why, why do you want to give me money? And he got impatient. He like rolled his eyes. He's like, well, if you don't want it, like, I'm not going to make you take it. Like. And he starts, like, putting it away, but I can tell that he's still kind of looking at me sideways, like, that he's still, he still wants me to take it. And, and I'm thinking, like, why, why does he want me to have this money so bad? Um, and so I didn't say anything, and I let him walk away, and he goes, he comes back, he's like, do you want it or not? Like, I'm fucking giving it to you. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. And then he scoffs at me. He's like, Pfft. he's like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't need any money. Like, my dad gives me what I need. You know, it's cool. And he's like, Pfft, what? He's like, he's like that champ. He's like, your dad ain't making no money. He's like, you what? You're gonna be broke forever. He's like, man, that's stupid. He's like, somebody fucking offering you twenty dollars, you should fucking take it. He's like, you got to be dumb to not take fucking free money. He's like, that's why you're probably gonna be poor like him too, huh? And the whole time, like while he's saying these things, like. You know he's 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 like sizing me up. He's looking at me. He's like waiting for a response, and and still I sense that he wants so badly for me to take this money. He wants me to take this bait, and I just and I just walked away. I was just like, no, it's cool, you know. Um, you know why I didn't take that money because in that moment. I learned that money is not free. Taking that money would put me in his pocket. And that means next time that he's in trouble or he needs something or he's looking for somebody to fuck with, he's gonna come to me and he's gonna say, oh, but, but what about that time I gave you $20? What, you can't talk to me now? Oh, what, we're not family no more? Like, oh, okay, okay, that's cool. I see how it is. I see how you are. Right? For people like this, it's all about having power and control. And yeah, you know what? I might be broke as fuck, but I'll be goddamned if I'm ever going to be under somebody's fucking thumb. And you know what? If I ever get lost, guaranteed, one place you ain't got to look for me is in some fucking rich man's pocket. (laughs) I remember one time, actually, uh, Keith gotten out of jail. He just got out of jail. And he was going on and on about it to me. And he says, hey, you know what, he says, despite what the family says, you know, I've only been jailed twice, considering my criminal career is going on 20 years, getting caught twice, that's a damn good record. You know what, I'm good at what I do. Well, it's been about 15 years since that conversation and Keith is now facing eight to 25 on weapons charges. And you know, ain't nobody real sad about it. Whether these people are born this way, they learn it, they adapt to it, they choose it, or they just succumb to it. The bottom line is, playing with these kinds of people is a losing game. No matter how good you think you are, you will get hurt and you will eventually lose. And when you do, you can say hello to Keith for me because he's gonna be your problem, not mine. <laughs> I know that for a lot of people, intentions matter. And so some people might be thinking, you know, is this behavior intended to cause harm or are these people just really like non-empathetic, like oblivious to people's needs, right? Cause for some people that, that makes a difference, you know? Are, are they sick or what? Um, I'll say I'm not 100% qualified to answer that question. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I can't tell you for certain you know, what any specific person's cognitive abilities are. But what I can say for certain is that it doesn't matter because whether their actions are intentional or not, the results of being around these people is the same. And it's not good, <laughs> it's not good. These people are liability. Uh, because they're guaranteed to take from or harm the people around them in some way shape or form whether it's because they're skilled manipulators or because they're unintentionally neglectful what is clear is that they're not thinking about you they might feign interest for a little while or you know express some selective generosity to accomplish a certain goal but really once that's done they're gonna default back to making one-sided decisions These kinds of people are a dangerous long-term investment because even if you happen to share some, you know, some certain goals with them, their lack of consideration and concern for others is eventually going to cost you far more than you're ever going to get from them in return. It's kind of like gambling. You might win every now and again, but realistically over time, you're going to lose far more than you're ever going to gain. The more time we spend with somebody, the more we invest in them. Uh, Energy, money, effort, you know, emotional attachment. But these kinds of people don't invest in others that way. They can leave guilt-free at any time. And once they get from you what they want, they usually do. So before I keep going on this topic, I've got two things. I've got a disclaimer and a distinction. Disclaimer. I want to note that when I talk about this concept, I view this as a spectrum. So, like, no one person is going to have 100% of these qualities or be 100% without them, you know? Like, my my family member Keith totally, you know, had his moments every now and again, right? Um, But some people do have considerably more of these, like, predatory tendencies than other people. And also I'm not trying to like demonize anyone or like put labels on people or create like a us versus them type situation. This isn't about trying to control or change or label people. It's about understanding how people operate and creating realistic expectations for interacting with these kinds of people. Because I mean, at what point do we finally say like, okay, yeah, like that's who a person is, you know, like this person can really only be counted on to act in their best, in in their own best interest. Like, at what point do we say, okay, I can't trust this person, like this person can't be trusted. At what point do we say, okay, yeah, you know, this person's dangerous. This person has dangerous ideas, right? This person is a danger to themselves and others. These are personal questions that we each have to find our own answer to. Right, But I will say this, is that my threshold for bullshit is pretty low these days. And personally, I focus on policing myself and just avoiding others who are not doing the same. Uh, a, a distinction I wanna make is that, you know, to some degree, it is, it's healthy and necessary to look after one's best interest. We need to look after our own survival, that's a fact. But the distinction is that some people have a much easier time of putting their own needs above everyone else's. Like some people have a much stronger history of giving while others have a much stronger history of taking. And while we all have our own needs and agendas, at some point our needs are gonna be in conflict with someone else's. And how we respond in these situations, those are the things that really say a lot about the core content of our character. To me, the difference between someone who's like occasionally inconsiderate and someone with predatory tendencies is their default values. So I kind of see a person's value system like a house, right? You've got your foundation, you've got your load-bearing pillars, and you've got your kind of like decorative walls, right? So your decorative walls are the parts of your house that you can, you can move around, they can change, you know, maybe like your favorite food, you know, your favorite color, your favorite outfit, you know, your favorite TV show or band, you know, whatever, right? These things are fine. They, they can move around, they change, and they don't really impact the integrity of your house then you have things like your foundation and your load-bearing pillars and these are the parts of your house that are the core parts of your identity and your philosophy like like these ones generally aren't going to move and if they do move it's usually with strong intention for like a reason like maybe a traumatic event in your life or some huge life circumstance and it's going to be through great effort right it's going to take a lot of effort to move the foundation of your house And it's also gonna be super noticeable. Like everybody's gonna notice like, oh yeah, definitely some change happened in that person. We can see it. It's obvious. Everybody can see it, right? Um, Those are your load-bearing pillars. And so these are the ones that really say the most about who we are and what can be expected from us in a given situation. Now, again, to to a certain degree, you know, some self-interest is necessary and healthy for survival, and we all have some values that are self-interested. However, when our default decision-making strategy is to prioritize our own needs above all other factors, then exploitation necessarily becomes a load-bearing pillar in our value system oh well i guess so and so is just gonna have to figure it out because this is what i need right because these are my needs right now and everybody else is just going to have to clean up their mess everybody else is going to have to handle their own feelings their own emotions their own situation right now again sometimes we have to make these hard decisions but there are some people that have a distinct pattern of being able to make them consistently over and over again being able to make these decisions at other people's expense And the problem isn't just having one or two of these pillars, you know, the problem is building an entire house on pillars that are, or values that are hierarchical, prejudice and self-serving. Because what this does is it creates value clusters where people are not only comfortable with exploitation, but actually cultivate and create it in their, in their lives, in their workplaces, and in their interpersonal relationships. These kinds of people thrive on inequality and there isn't any like one pillar or one value that makes someone's house morally weak it's the combination of several rotten pillars that really make someone's philosophical integrity dangerous these kinds of values work together to create philosophies that justify inequality and encourage exploit exploitive behavior like if these are the core values that a person's worldview and identity are based on I'm just gonna say this: you can build your house on quicksand, but don't expect it to stand up straight. So then, why would the why would these kinds of values create behaviors that are problematic? So, of course, I'm gonna start by saying there's no wrong way for a person to be. You know, everybody has a right to exist and to support their existence. Um, however, ethically, these kinds of predatory values pose a problem because The behavior that they result in leaves tremendous amount of suffering in their wake. Remember, the goal of ethics is to reduce suffering, not perpetuate it. And whether it's an institution, a bully, or a criminal, these types of of people thrive on violating social contracts. At At best, they leave behind a legacy of broken promises and neglected relationships, trust, Cooperation, connection are the core of what makes human civilization possible. When we lose these, we lose a piece of our humanity and we lose the ability to develop as a species. On a personal level, predatory people with this kind of like predatory behavioral pattern really pose a problem for me because. I just fucking hate watching people suffer. It just makes my skin crawl. Like, and I've seen so much of it in my life that was just unjust and undeserved. Like, like one of my earliest memories of watching suffering was in elementary school. I remember um, I had a friend and you know, we, we started chatting and getting really close. He didn't really have any friends and he started telling me things And he would start showing me bruises from the wooden spoon that his stepdad beat him with, Um, and he would tell me these horrible stories. And I just and he told me not to tell anybody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. And so um, I told a teacher, and the next day he was removed from school, screaming and crying, and I never saw him again. Um, I remember in high school I had another friend. Um, she oh yeah another friend. Um. So he went to a house, he was looking for a phone call. Um, his, one of his female friends, she was drunk and he was trying to call her a taxi. And so while he's at this house, he gets a gun pulled on him. And my friend had to sit there in the living room and listen while his, his poor drunk friend got raped in the side bedroom. And he couldn't do anything about it. He just had to sit there and just listen. Um, oh man, this one really sucks. This one really sucks. So this happened to me a couple years ago, actually. Um, yeah this one was a trip this was actually um, my first date on tinder uh, so I hooked up with this guy and he was super cute guy tattoos you know like great attitude he's bartender Boston accent uh, it was my first date on tinder we actually even made we made a, we made a video you can check it out on many vids if you're really curious um yeah super cool guy right so then second date he's like hey you know i'm closing up the bar uh why don't you come get me and you know i'll come over we'll make another video we'll hang out and do stuff so i was like all right hell yeah you know so um so i go over to the bar and uh so i go over there you know and he's he's closing up and right before the bar closes his ex-girlfriend shows up and as soon as she came in i could see it He just everything about him just did a complete 180 Like, you know, when I met him, he was real, like, charming, you know, kind of funny, you know, like, uh, you know, really playful. And as soon as she came in, he just got, like, he just, he just curled inward. He just got so small. Like, I mean, within 30 seconds, like, I watched this woman shrink this grown man into, like, a sad, frightened, stuttering child. Like, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, you know, like, um, but I'm just watching and, you know, they're like, she's, like, yelling at him. And at one point, he did He did try to stand up for himself. He did try to say something when she slapped him across the face. Um, but he backed down pretty quick under her, like, just rain of insults, fingers in his face, yelling at him, just belittling him. Like, right in front of me. Like, it was nothing, you know? Like, um, And he just, you know, just curled up and just went to go, like, clean the bathroom, right? Like, just finish his closing duties. Um, and uh, so... Number one, I'm thinking, like, whoa, this is not my problem, right? Like, this bitch is obviously crazy, and she was way bigger than me, too, okay? Like, this girl was, like, mama was thick, like, and she had some long, sharp nails. Like, this bitch was, like, goonie-goo-goo status, okay? Like, so I wasn't trying to fuck with her, but I I didn't know what to do. Like, I mean, I couldn't just, like, sit here and watch this person, like, be abused, you know? Like, I I, I just couldn't. Like, she hit him right in front of me, you know? Like, I just, I couldn't just... I couldn't just watch this. And so um, and so as soon as I got a moment, she like went to her car or something, I just grabbed him by the hand and I just looked, I, I got his face and I just said, just just walk with me. Just take my hand, we're gonna walk. We're gonna walk back to my apartment, just let's go. And he's like, where are we going? I go, just walk, just look at the ground, just put one foot in front of the other, let's go, we're walking and I just grabbed him by the hand and we're like walking down the street And and then I hear her, she's like, hey, Hey, where are you going? Get back here. And I'm like, don't listen, don't turn around, don't turn around, just keep going, just keep going, right? Like walk with me, walk with me. And so we get like, like a block or so down and she, I can hear her like coming behind us. She's barefoot by this time. And I can hear her coming behind us and she comes up behind us and she puts her hands on his shoulders and she grabs him and she yanks him backwards and she goes, he's coming with me. And I just look, and I just see him being, like, dragged away into the darkness, and he just mouths, he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, just, And I watched her drag this poor, helpless fellow into the dark. And you know what I did? I turned the fuck around, and I put one foot in front of the other, and I walked back to my fucking apartment. And I did not look back. And I never looked back. (laughs) That whole situation, I had to go home and I just had to like process, like what the fuck did I just watch? Like what the fuck did I just watch? Like I just watched an abusive relationship unfold right in front of my eyes. Like I just watched a grown man be abused like right in front of me. (sighs) I felt disturbed, I felt gross. It fucking sucks to watch people be abused. Manipulating people using people neglecting people exploiting people. These are all forms of abuse And ultimately that's what people with predatory tendencies do they abuse people No one deserves to be abused. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done No one deserves to be abused. No one deserves abuse And we shouldn't have philosophies that condone it either. So what are we supposed to do then? What What do we do, right? We have these philosophical differences and we have these these types of people. Like, what do we do? So obviously, like you know, my first response is like, bitch, GTFO, like, get the fuck out, bitch, bye. Like, whatever you have, like, whatever you think you have that I need, I don't. I don't need it, as a matter of fact. Like, there is nothing that anyone has that is worth my dignity, my self-respect, or my fucking humanity. Like, GTFO. So, personally, I just, I create as much space between myself and these types of people as, as early as possible and as early as possible as soon as I identify these types of values in people um, and ideally I just try to exist as far away from these people as possible um, unfortunately this is just not it's not always an option for people um, that's a privilege that I have oftentimes these people are are family members there are our bosses, our coworkers, parents of our children, other people that we can't just easily exercise from our lives. And so, you know, the question is, how do we live with integrity when someone in our life is actively trying to tear those things down from us, right? Trying to actively tear those things away from us. Uh, it's a tough question. And obviously that's, you know, it's gonna be different for everybody. Everybody's situation is different. But these are some things that I've found to help um, keep myself safe are things that I've found that other people have done as well Um, first off we have to be honest about the situation right like these kinds of people are really like playing you know that like cup and ball game right the one where a person has like three cups and then they move them around really fast and then you have to guess which one the ball is under well predators playing with predators it's kind of like that except that there's no ball under any of the cups yeah We have to be willing to accept that some people don't wanna work together. Some people will never care about other people. And some people will never change either. They will always be this way. And not only will they never change, but you can't make them. this is the first goal is we have to be honest with ourselves about what kinds of people we're dealing with. As much as we care and love for people, it really it really sucks. It really sucks to think that you can love and care for and invest in somebody. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how long they can still walk away from you and not feel anything. I think that's a pretty, it's a hard thing for a lot of people to come to terms with, but it's, it's true. It, it's a fact of the world. Um, and so the first step is be honest um, with ourselves about our situations. And The other part of that, part of being honest, is also um, don't cheat. Much easier said than done. Um, I kind of touched on this in episode three when I talked about, like, you know, my dad's like crazy ex girlfriend. And as maddening and as hurtful as these people can be, we cannot let them steal our humanity. We have to accept that this is just how some people are. And we also have to be able to move past them. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to be their prey but it does mean that we have to act with integrity even when others do not. And I'll definitely be putting out an episode that's gonna go more in depth into the topic of how to be ethical without being a fucking chump. Because while I do promote ethics, I do not believe that we have to martyr ourselves to do it. I think that that's a misconception that people have about ethics. And that's something that I think is actually very dangerous for people that are trying to do the right thing. Um, I think that that's unfair to, you know, to lump all of these, these extra burdens on them. And so I'm definitely gonna be covering that in, an, in a future episode. Um, but so the first step is be honest and maintain your integrity. Uh, step 2 i would say is minimize loss and withdraw investment so i mentioned it earlier but there's really just there's no winning with these people there's only minimizing loss and the best way to minimize loss is to withdraw investment as much as possible because the longer you stay connected to these people the greater your losses are going to be emotionally financially time-wise whatever personally I've never had anyone in my life that I couldn't walk away from. I even stopped talking to my own mother for a decade because she was on some fucking super unhealthy shit. So guarantee, I guarantee there is nothing that someone has that you can't find somewhere else. Even if you can't leave the situation now, make a plan for the future. Because investing in people and organizations who aren't investing in you is not sustainable. That is slow suicide. Personally, I would rather take a scary and unknown future over a known and harmful present. The less you can depend on these types of people, the easier your life is gonna be. Do whatever it takes to finding healthier needs, to healthier alternatives to get your needs met. It's kind of like Keith with that $20, right? It's real tempting when someone's offering us something that we want, but always remember that help is the sunny side of control. The next thing I would recommend, step three, is actively build community. So one of the things that also um, helps us to find better ways of getting our needs met is to build community. Ultimately, predatory type people are only out for themselves and they want you to believe that everyone else is too, right? But we shatter this myth when we get involved in diverse communities and we foster connections based on common values. Even if no one in our home or our workplace or you know, our neighborhood shares our values, we can still seek out literature, activities, groups, people, culture, anything, things that validate our humanity. And you know, it takes a lot of strength and courage to stand up for what is right and to do the right thing. But the burden is much lighter when we don't have to carry it alone. I imagine, it's, I imagine it's probably the reason why people go to church. I mean, personally, I'm not like a believer, but I do think that there's something special that happens when we surround ourselves with people who share our values, reinforce our integrity and our sense of self. Uh, we're, we're, I just believe that we're capable of doing so much more when we're reminded of who we could be instead of who we're not. We need to create spaces for ourselves that validate what we know to be true about the world. We need to not only cultivate these values for ourselves, but also build these values into our relationships and our dealings with other people, both in our interpersonal lives, in our workplace, and in our home. Um, The more time that we spend with people who share our values, the less time that we will have for people who don't. And finally, number four is maintain your sense of self. Ultimately, when dealing with these kinds of people and organizations, their goal is to, is to take away your sense of self and autonomy. And so your responsibility when dealing with these kinds of organizations is to maintain that sense of self and autonomy at all costs. Predatory people and organizations thrive on having power over other people, not with over others. Maintaining your integrity is how you preserve power for yourself. Autonomy and power are basic human needs. We all need them. History has shown that when we deny anyone these things, there are violent consequences for everyone when we leave people powerless. However, sharing power with people and having power over people is not the same thing. We all have to share power with other people but no one is entitled to have power over anyone else. We do not have to sacrifice our personal integrity in order to share power. As creative and powerful as human beings are, we also have to accept that we cannot control everything. Predators would like to think that they can, but every time we assert our independence, we are living proof that they cannot. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm Vera Payam, and thank you for supporting KW1S. The next few episodes will be taking a pleasant diversion as I interview a good friend, philosopher, and educator, Christophe Disson. So stay tuned, stay woke, and I don't know you, but I love you.